0: Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is What's Hot in Dynamics. You're now joining Merlin Schweiger, Liz McLennan, and Ashley Steiner.
1: We could chit chat about how there's themes in the Maker Portal, but they're not, they're stupid. <laughs> I got really excited and then I was like oh it doesn't change when you change the environment like it just stays on the previous one like how dumb is that
0: seems less useful
1: yeah because the whole point is like visually seeing what in like sandbox prod whatever
0: right so you're not developing in the wrong spot on right I,
2: I do all the time well because like I'm like oh that's the one I was in last so it's just gonna of course it'll pop it up no nope, nope does not no, no. So I've like done unmanaged stuff in our production and had to like rip it out. It's awful.
0: Yeah. So it's good. They're taking a step in that direction. It's kind of weird that it doesn't update itself, but.
2: It's interesting to see that progression though. Right. Cause like you can see where they're going, like they're laying little like stones for like where they're going to go. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get there. It's
1: just the first step.
0: That's true. I did also though notice it looks like when they pushed the update that added the theme, they also pushed an update that changes when you're entering a choice. Like literally a week ago when I was creating a new choice, I could just hit enter and it would give me a new row and I'd type more and hit enter and I could type more. Well, today I hit enter and it gave me a new row, but then it left the cursor at the end of the previous row. So I had to hit tab twice to get to the new row I just created. I don't know. It's weird.
2: Yeah. So weird things like that happen, like when they're doing development, right? Because like, it's just somebody like did something over here that impacted that and they just haven't caught up to fix it yet that you'll find Merlin that those things will happen. Like there was a long time where the back button would just disappear when you were editing a form and and it happened every time. So you'd like open the form and then you'd have to like restart everything and be like, Oh, I hope my change is like save. So it was, it's just real finicky and um, but yeah, I'm not surprised at all by that comment because little things will pop up every now and then. Fair enough.
0: It's a change of alley.
2: <laughs> yes, it is.
1: Okay, so should we talk about our topic for today? I suppose. Which is how do you know when you're ready for a CRM admin, or I should say a D365 slash power platform admin? <laughs>
0: You should say that, that was yeah. one of my points was I think that they should be the same person.
2: Yeah. I actually had that in my notes too Merlin cause you've always said that, I mean, you can't just be over CRM, it's such a bubble. You have to look at the whole picture of dynamics and the power platform. So if you don't have that full concept you can't really be an effective admin.
0: Yep, I would agree. Especially cause there are so many other aspects in the, the platform now that you really need to, to build effective solutions for like a CRM use case.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you ever see that role incorporate like other office apps? Like I've always wondered about that. like they're so like closely knit now, like from a productivity perspective. Like what are your thoughts on that? Like do you include teams or, or any of the other productivity apps with that role?
2: I was at like I'm an admin, so this is like really, like near and dear to my heart, um, like just kind of what they do. I see my, like everyone comes, I don't wanna say everyone, but like I am seen as like the Microsoft person, just in general. Like people have questions on Teams, I do Teams training, I'm trying to get OneNote rolled out, you know, so I'm, and I think it's just by the happenstance that like I tend to go to a lot of Microsoft things where they talk more about more than just dynamics in the Power Platform. um, And I don't mind it either, because, those all integrate into the dynamics world. So it makes sense.
0: Right, you've got some natural overlap there. Mm
2: -hmm. Now it's all like that front end user base though. Like there's no way I could be like, Doing SQL stuff or yeah, you're not like Azure the, database. Yeah, you're <laughs> not
1: like the technical IT. You're pre- are you even responsible for like making sure like Teams is deployed and like the settings and all that, or are you supporting it from more of like an end user perspective? Yeah,
2: yeah, and uh, so I would say you don't know, doing training. So like exposing the company, I mean, now that we're all remote in like this COVID type world, he, we didn't have Teams rolled out until before. Until then, that was when we rolled it out, and everyone just kind of adopted it naturally. Um, So now we're like, well, this can actually do more than just call somebody. So I'm, you know, and I've been using Teams for like three years. We were one of the early adopters back then. So um, maybe it was four years. Anyways. And so just, you know, so it's really nice to be able to like take that on, but I I don't mind, but I I like training people and getting people to believe in the tools that we have. May as well use everything to the full extent. Yeah.
0: It's true. That actually makes you sound Less like a CRM admin and more like a, I don't know, like, like a user evangelist or something. Like I'm trying to think of like business what that applications. Actually, yeah, like how do I do my job in the technology that we have? Kind of person. Yeah,
2: like within the Microsoft stack. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: or like a product owner. I can mm-hmm. see that too, right? Because you're really making the decisions and deciding where to go. Um, But I, and I think that's truly what Sierra admins have always been though. Um, they've had to fight for, you know, Hey, like our tool can do this. We don't need a separate tool built on, you know? So I think that in a lot of ways, that's not like it's changed just because the stack is so much bigger. I feel like I've always played that part. You know, even before I was officially a Sierra admin. We just have
1: more options and better options. than we did like maybe 10 years ago. Agreed. Yeah. So not every company, a lot of companies that have Office 365, D365, Power Platform, they don't have a full-time role dedicated to it. So at what point do you feel feel like an organization should commit to it being a full-time role versus maybe someone's part-time, like fractional part of their job? Like, how do you determine that? Is it based on number of users? Is it based on complexity? Is it based on the size of the organization? I was gonna let Merlin answer first.
0: Mm, yeah, I guess I would, I would probably go more for complexity of business technology. Um, you could be a company of 10 people, but if you're you know running hundreds of transactions per day through a dynamic system, or you're managing like significant amounts of your business there, you might need a full-time person to manage, maintain and extend it, right? Um, a lot, similarly, or I guess contrarily, you could also have like a 500 user company that's just using it as a glorified Rolodex and it barely ever changes. And so you don't, you, you don't need a full-time person or at least maybe you do, but you haven't decided that it's worth the investment into the technology. Um, so I, that varies a lot by organization. And I think it varies a lot by then what that scope is, right? Is it, is it just, you're just the CRM admin and I only ever want you to do anything in Dynamics or is it more broadly either Microsoft stack or business applications or, you know, whatever else mm-hmm. I think that makes a big difference too. I
2: agree. I 100% agree on the complexity part. Um, Because you could have a really small deployment, but have so much customization using Power Automate, Workflows, I mean, whatever it is, and you have nobody to maintain it. Um, And if you are paying, you know, if you don't want to pay a vendor to upkeep it, at that point, that's when you need to decide to get a SEO admin and commit to it. Um, Now, if you work with a vendor and you have very small customization and you like working with the vendor, I mean... I think it all has to do with where you'd rather invest the money in a vendor or if you'd rather invest it in somebody internally who's gonna really get bought into your organization. Um, I, both can be successful. Uh, I just, you know, it really depends on where you wanna invest that money. That's
0: a good point. Yeah. And I guess I will say that there are some vendors and shameless plug here, I'm one of them, <laughs> um, that do offer like essentially an admin for hire service, so like a fractional admin. I feel like that's usually a little bit different than kind of your standard consulting. Like I call you and you scope a project, let me do the project, and then I call you or support. Months, or I call you for support yeah. whatever. Like and in that in those models, like you are generally getting somebody who's going to be more familiar with your organization because you're going to keep working with the same person all the time. Um and those can be pretty cost effective if you don't have that much like for a full-time admin to do, right? Like you, you could spend less than half of what you might spend on a salary for a good admin anyway on a service like that over the course of the year. Um, but I, I agree, like if you're very active in, in an application and you're constantly like enhancing it and adding to it and solving new business problems with it, uh, you do probably have enough work there for a full-time person. If the organization is large enough, you might have enough work there for a whole team Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need like an owner and then supporting people.
2: Absolutely. And I think that a lot of it, so even if you aren't doing that, cause I think obviously if you're going to be not only doing the upgrades that you have to do now. Um, but using those new features, you need somebody who's invested into looking into it, testing it, like who understands technology business process. But I always think of like uh, an it support situation. You know, if a user runs into a problem, who's going to answer that question for them? And then it ends up in IT support's hands. And do you have the knowledge on that team to help support it? So I think that also goes into it, too, is that troubleshooting, answering questions, training. Um, You might have somebody doing it part time, but they might not be technical enough to be like, oh gosh, you're getting an error message. How do we troubleshoot that? Um, But if your IT support team doesn't have the tech, you know, the knowledge either, or you don't want to invest the knowledge in it because you can just, hire somebody.
0: It's true.
1: That actually leads me to another question I had is, do you think the admin should be on the business side or the IT team?
0: What do you think, Ashley?
2: Um, oh, I'm just so happy this, hoping this question wouldn't come to me. I fully believe that CRM admins, power platform admins, whatever we wanna call them, should be in the business. That is my opinion. Now, I think they should have one foot in the business and one foot in IT because you have to have a good relationship with both. But structurally and organizationally, they should sit within the business, whether that be in marketing, sales operations, wherever you fit them in. Um, I I personally think that they fit better there. One of the reasons I think that is because sales or your end users, salespeople, I traditionally work with the most, um, will start to see you as a part of their team. They will see you as them rather than IT coming in and telling them what to do and how to work. Um, so that, that I've, I've always had that belief um, that they I would love to hear your guys' thoughts though. So. I agree yes. with you. Yeah. Go ahead, Marilyn.
0: Well, I'm curious. So, in in your specific situation, you just mentioned like, oh, the sales people see you then as sort of one of them. Um, but how do you handle that if your deployment is not just sales, but is sales and maybe service and maybe field service, and so now you can't you can't be in all three of those departments simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So then, do you need to have three different CRM admins?
2: I don't think so. I think it depends, first of all, on the knowledge um, and skill of somebody. Right. Not everybody can do sales and field service. That's a really unique combination. Um, But I I think it depends on where you put them organizationally and how you. So it's I think anyone on the business side, you're going to see them more as a part of you than anyone in IT. I hate to say it. That line has been drawn. Business and IT can work together super well seen it happen I've seen it also not work well um but you know I think anytime you have them like if that person sits in sales operations or marketing they're going to know that you're you're on their team or you're on their side because you're already part of the business um and I think that's where power users and like having and really I call them an ambassador program, you know, working people up to, to be able to know so much, to be able to help and you doing job shadowing and things like that. They can take on some of that, like, Hey, I'm in your corner. I'm on your team where you can be more of the like bigger picture. Yeah. What
1: I've seen Merlin, I was thinking the same thing is what if you have multiple apps deployed? Um, what I normally see is that, yeah, if they sit on the business, like it's usually the primary use case. So like we have the most sales users. So they're on the sales team or maybe it's mostly used for field service. And so they're part of the service team. Um, it's either the the kind of the largest group that they're a part of or the one that went first. So like, normally you don't deploy dynamics with all of it all at once. So it's like whatever the first one was like the early adopters, like they might get this, the admin on their team just because they were the first.
2: I'll also say yeah. a lot of it has to do with budget and salespeople and sales teams tend to get the most budget. I hate to say it like that, but they, it is much easier to justify a position on the sales team than any other team in the business. That is also true. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's probably this. a good
0: point. Totally good point. Uh, so this, I feel like this topic uh, has made me think I'm, I'm presently reading a book. Uh, it is about product teams um, and the, the book is called Empowered. It's by Marty Kagan, if any listeners wanna go check it out. Um, but like his whole big thing is about empowered product teams. And as I think about like dynamics or a power platform within an organization, I feel like it's it's best if you think about it as a product for your organization and not as like a service. And, and one of the, the distinctions that he draws in the book is that often IT, uh, or in some cases, product teams are sort of seen as working for the business, right? And I feel like I've heard this before, like IT is here to serve the business. IT serves the business, which automatically puts IT or anybody else who's serving the business in a subservient role, which means you don't make decisions. You don't get to tell us what to do. We tell you what to do, and then you just go and execute that, right? And it does give you any ownership of whatever it is that you're working on. And I think if a Dynamics deployment falls into that same Serving the business model, it's going to turn into the VP of Sales says he wants these three features implemented, and now the CRM admin just goes and builds those three features. There's no context, there's no why, there's no. Well, they're, they're order takers. This. They're <laughs> just taking orders and they're just implementing software. And at the end of the day, everybody's going to be unhappy. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. So, so this, this sort of broaches a, a larger philosophical topic about IT's role inside an organization. Um, but I, I guess I feel like a CRM admin should behave as the product owner of that Dynamics product. And as the product owner, they should be empowered to solve business problems, like get brought a problem, and they and or their team of experts can determine how best to solve that problem, to get the outcomes that the business needs, and work hand in hand with the business, in which case it doesn't actually matter if this sit in business they sit in And I feel like, Liz, to your example of like the first group to go or the largest group and that's where the admin sits, like then I feel like the other departments turn into sort of second-class citizens. Like, well, the admin sits in sales, so guess who always gets their new features first? Yes. Yeah. and service is always like the redheaded stepchild. Um, and that's not really a great opportunity.
1: So are we seeing Dynamics customers adopt the product owner concept?
0: Um, I'm trying to push it, but.
1: Cause I, mean, I have all not all seen thing. it real life for Dynamics, but I do know that's a very common job title on the Salesforce side of things.
2: I've seen it starting to appear in the Dynamics world. I know a couple of people who like their title is product owner and then they have more specific people under them because they're mm-hmm. the whole vision, the whole strategy, the decision making, and then there's you know a dynamic CRM admin for sales underneath them or somebody right. overpower automate. I have seen it starting to pop up, but it's not common.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think it is normal, or it could be possible for a product owner to have a whole team supporting them. Like maybe they're focusing on a, a certain area, they have an area of specialty, or you have VAs
2: and you have developers or whatever. Marilyn, you said something that really hit home and kind of hurt my heart a little bit there. It's, you know, when you talk about like um, IT being order takers or like they're just servicing the business, that kind of thing. um, That's one of the reasons why I've always thought that a serum admin sitting on the business side is easier because they see you, they understand that you can understand the way that they work. Um, Too many times I've worked with IT organizations and they don't understand business process, they can't speak the language. And, and I think that that's a really common con, you know conception, whether it's a misconception or not. Um, and so I, I have found it easier to convince sales leaders, service leaders to let me help them fix their process or offer suggestions and not just say, oh, sure, we'll put a bandaid on that with some technology when I'm not in IT.
0: Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point. Because I, I, I sort of feel like if I were structuring an organization, I would put that role in IT, but I would make sure that the person in that role, like one of their primary job functions would be to essentially make friends with the sales leaders and the service leaders, right? To, to build those bridges and be like, I, I know what you're thinking, but I'm not actually like the network administrator who is super controlling over his or her like technology fiefdom. Like I am here to help you, I'm in IT so that I can also force all of these IT people to do the stuff that you need them to do, right? And try to convince them that you're like the secret agent on the inside of IT. I
1: think, yeah, like Merlin, that idea though, you're just having to deal with potentially a stigma or a bad connotation or whatever Mm -hmm. is going on with all the previous experiences with IT that maybe weren't like that. And that just getting past that, and it probably depends on the culture of the organization too. Um, but I just think that's the potential issue with them sitting on the IT team. And that's Ashley's point.
2: And I can't tell you how many times I've had sales leaders when I say, Hey, can I help fix that problem? They're just like, no, you have nothing to do with it. You can't. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've spent 10 years learning sales process and how you work and understanding it. I can help. And the great thing about me is that I'm not tied to just this team or that team. And I have the ear of, you know, this person who can help. So I think that sometimes when you're sitting in IT, they they don't see you as a part of them, regardless of where you sit in the business. Hmm.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. It's too bad.
2: Those are all true stories. They're they're They hit, they hit the heart. Rate. Okay, so next question is let's say
1: you're an organization and you decide it is time to put someone full time into this role, product owner, admin, whatever we're calling it. Like what would you what would your advice be? Like where do you find that person? What sort of skill set do you look for? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, admin, if you were <laughs> to hire your own a duplicate of yourself, what are the skill sets to look for?
2: Um, I think that you have to, I mean, no matter where they sit, like we've had this, we've been talking about this for the last few minutes, you have to understand and be able to speak business, business process, and you also have to be able to take those requirements that the business is giving you and translate them to somebody in a tech role. So if they have no experience in dynamics or they have nothing, they have to at least be able to take business requirements, understand them enough to translate them to a tech person you know, to a developer to build it, and then take what they've built and walk the 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 business through um, testing it, whatever. You know, proving that it's proving that it's what they asked for. Um, you know, so I think if nothing else, they have to at least understand both sides enough to to go between. Do
1: you have that's a really strong preference on like, is it someone that's already maybe part of the company or an external hire, or doesn't it matter if they have the right skill set?
2: I think it could work either way um i think that external hires sometimes work they, they come in with their with different ideas um but i'm not that doesn't mean that like internal promotions or moving people into that role couldn't be successful especially if they had exposure to the crm system before or understand the process really well um but i think that admins are just somebody in this product owner kind of role it's, it's a really unique thing you know, because you have to be able to adapt to your audience because you're not working with just one set of people.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, and like I was ranting about for a little while, right? Like you have to try to make friends with all of the leaders of the business groups that are using the platform and also the IT people that might control permissions and access or hardware. If you're doing something on-prem or, you know, whatever else, like there's a lot of relationship building. I think that has to go into the role. Mm-hmm.
2: You have to be a good salesman too. And I've actually been told I'm a good salesman. Cause you have to sell people on your vision, on your ideas or like, Hey, you told me that this was your problem. This can fix it. And you have to sell them mm-hmm. on that idea that it will, you um, need to be persuasive. You do. Yeah. Um, but you also have to be personable. You know, mm-hmm. if you're grouchy and don't want to listen to people or yell every time they call you um you're not going to be a good fit for that role either because you have people calling you all the time with questions or issues or you explain the same thing 17 times to the same person and you just have to deal with a smile on your face and have patience I mean it's it sounds so simple but it's but we've you know, all in- we've all encountered
1: the end in that like there's some end user calls them for help and they're like no I've told you that before and they like hang up on
2: them and exactly. don't help them. <laughs> And it's like I said, like it's it's like it's customer service, it's technical, it's business process. It's such a unique kind of role that not a lot of people can do it. Like I hate to say it like that, but it's or can true. do it, like excel at it. Yeah, yeah. do it right.
0: I'm confused, Ashley. If you can't be grouchy, how have you managed to do it for so long?
2: Oh Marilyn, I knew that was coming. As soon as I said it and saw your face, I was like, oh Marilyn's gonna speak something.
0: It's true. <laughs> it's it's interesting though, because I feel like all the skill sets that you're both describing are literally the skill sets that are in this book for product owners. Like mm-hmm. if you were if 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 you were running like a software company like you're building the next, I don't know, WhatsApp. Um, like all of the same things that those product owners need to have, like all the stuff you're laying out in this book, like your product owner needs to be able to do this and needs to be able to do this. That's all those same skill sets. So I really feel like that's like that's what the job role ought to be as a product owner. Like somebody who can say the, the business, whatever part of business is having some sort of problem, like uh, we can't track our pipeline or whatever, like the dynamics product owner has to say, I can help you solve that problem. Here's some different ways that we can help solve that problem. Like we'll come up with a solution. We'll make the business better. We'll help you fix this problem. And then actually, like you were saying, like you have to be able to sell them on that as the solution, be like, no, no, trust me, this is going to work. You just got to give it a chance and you'll see.
1: That, I think this is a great point though, because like I've read a lot of admin job descriptions and I feel like, again, a lot of the time they focus on the technology. Like how many years experience do you have with Dynamics specifically, if it's a a Dynamics admin role? But it's, yeah, like to your point, like critical thinking, problem solving, communication, like all of that is just as important, assuming that the person can figure out or learn the technical parts that they
2: need to for the role. It also has to be somebody that you're gonna feel comfortable putting in front of the, you know, minimum wage person taking calls at the service desk, doing customer service all the way up to the president. Cause you're gonna the have- CEO. Convers- The CEO. The yeah. CEO, yeah, you're gonna have conversations with them, pitching your vision or sharing what needs to change. I mean, so it has to be somebody that can, and, and have those people be comfortable with them. You know, you have to, you know, can't be standoffish or anything.
1: Yeah, they have to be able to like adapt and relate to almost exactly. any type of
2: person. I think empathy is another thing we have not touched on yet. I think that empathy is a huge part of the role, which is probably the biggest part that I struggle with, shockingly. Um, you, know, you have to feel like you're in their shoes, like understanding their pain um, in, in such a way that you want to do nothing else but help them. So empathy, I think is a huge part of the role where I think that's a big difference between working in the consulting world and working in the admin role.
1: Well, yeah, I think high true. quality consultants also should have empathy, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like but I don't I mean, actually it's... think there's a lot of difference from a skill set, like a good consultant and a good product owner admin. Like they're really similar types of people that you're looking for. But you for. can't be an admin
2: without empathy because you have. I've had salespeople call me crying. You yeah. know, you. you It's a regular occurrence of something you have. Yeah.
1: And you're, you're permanently, you know, permanently part of that business. You're not just going to move on to the next project in a month and kind of forget about them. Yep. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Oh, that's, that's good points. I feel like the technology, like focusing on technology skills is, is foolish. Like anybody, most anybody, not anybody necessarily, but most anybody can learn the technology. Like I, there's... If you're focusing on, I just want to find somebody who has this much experience on the product so that they can configure those features and functionality, like then again, you're not looking at a product owner at that point, you're just looking at a, at a, a, a doer, an order taker. And then if you're hiring an order taker as your admin, then who's going to tell you if your idea is a good one.
1: Who's going to tell gonna you no. <laughs>
0: Right, and who's gonna say, well, you could do it that way, but you could also do it this way and it might be better and here's why, mm-hmm. the order takers is gonna be like, okay, okay. I think
2: that feeds Merlin really well into the like, why and how and when do you get an admin? Because a lot of, I, don't, I hate to say it, but a lot of partners tend to just wanna make everybody happy, right? So they'll just implement whatever you ask for, however it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, the point when you need an admin is when your system is so far to a point that it's just not manageable anymore. Um, or you're so reliant on a partner, you know, that's a really good time to get an admin in to say, no, we shouldn't do it this way, or let's think about this instead. You know, so to have that person between like the sales VP, the CIO, and the, you know, the partner who's just trying to make everyone happy, um, you need somebody in the middle who can like actually drive that into a good direction right. and not yeah. be afraid to stand up to those kinds of people. Yeah, there's a different thing,
1: different dynamic there being a full-time employee, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: it's true. Well, and somebody at the end of the day has to ask why, like if the VP of customer services, I need the system to do these three things, someone, whether that's the admin or the consultant or somebody needs to say, okay, but why?
1: Yeah. And I think Ashley's point is like, if there's an admin, there's kind of another safety net, like another person there to ask why, if your consulting team isn't
0: right. Yeah. The admin can say, okay, why? so that I can understand this in the broader picture of our full dynamics implementation so that I can turn around to the partner and say, here's what we need done.
2: Mm-hmm. Instead
0: of like a lot of consultants, they'll just say, okay, that's what you want. Here's an estimate. I will do it. I have done it. There you go. And then six months later, the service is like, okay, like they did what I asked for but it turns out it didn't actually give me what I wanted. It's
2: not what I needed at all. <laughs> not actually it's not what sustainable. I needed. I see that more than anything. Yeah. It's not sustainable over time. Cause maybe right. you configured it so uniquely to what you had at the time, you couldn't scale it as you grew.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Ugh. I will say, I, I think a
1: high quality consulting team can, like they don't have to have those issues, but yes, it's out there. I've seen it happen. I agree. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the role of an admin slash product owner and when you need one?
2: The only thing that I would say is don't wait too long. If you think you need one, that's probably when you should start.
1: Do you feel like there's Never. any like clear red flags or warning signs when you're hitting the we've waited too long
2: point? Um, I think going back to just our last week conversation about user adoption. So if nobody's using the system... Um, or if you've had a bad implementation, uh, maybe your system is so complex that you can't do anything without a partner, um, there should be some, a lot of things that you could should do in-house, right? And if you can't unravel what they've done or you have no idea what's in your system, I've seen that before too, you've uncovered things every now and then. Um, I, I think that any of those are red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, or if somebody internally is the part-time CRM admin, but really they're spending 38 hours a week on it, That's probably when it's time. Those are good
0: points. (laughs) It's a good indicator. That was actually going to be kind of my indicator is I think every deployment should have an owner, somebody needs to own it. And if that person who is tasked with owning it's doing it part-time and you discover over time, they are either not doing it anymore because their regular job is taking over too much of their time or their ownership of your deployment is taking up too much of their time. They're not getting the rest of their job done. Like that's a pretty good indicator. You need to split those roles.
1: Yeah.
0: And and put somebody into that ownership role.
1: Excellent points to end on. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish podcast. For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at DynamicsHotDish.com, follow us on Twitter at DynamicsHotDish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks, see you next time.